When I was broke, I had rich habits. All right. Welcome back. Season two, episode five. That's right. Another guest episode. We're super pumped. Yeah. You have Neil Andrino. Chandler Halliburton. And we're going to go straight into introducing our guest this time. We yep. decided to skip the news because Chandler and I can't stop rambling. <laughs> and that usually takes about 30 minutes of the podcast. So with us today, we have Chelsea Lafort. She is a realtor, team lead, business owner, real estate investor, and a mom. And I'm sure I missed some other stuff on there, but I think I covered most of it. Yes, you did. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so also, she'll be joining a us value today. different opinion because we just come in here and talk our nonsense about our opinion in the market. Pump each other up. Um, you know, <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> is very, very productive, works a lot of areas, and, and has a big team. So it's, it's good to have a different viewpoint. And thanks so much for coming on board. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. And yeah. forgive me because this is my first podcast ever. So <laughs> it blows my mind because she has quite a social media presence. But uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be it'll be really good. And I guess we wanted to preface this a little bit and say, obviously, where it's three realtors sitting at this table, it might be a little bit realtor heavy. But mm-hmm. we do want to talk about businesses and family life, uh, more real estate investing, things coming from the real estate market in this year. So I don't think it should be should be too boring for you for you for those that are not realtors that are listening. Not any promises. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no. Overall, it, it should be really good and interesting for everyone. Also, uh, the market in general is on top of everyone's mind right now. Yeah, and very true. I mean, while we're not going too heavy in into news and what's going on, usually at the start of each episode we talk about our past week. Um, yeah. How's your past week been? Yeah, you guys picked a good week to have a podcast with me because yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so some of the questions this week, I probably have different answers than last week if I was all refreshed yeah. and ready to go, but I'm freaking tired. Yeah, it's, why do you love your job? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> why did you get into this? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was one of those weeks. Yeah, right I, on. I think this was the first week of the year, first couple weeks of the year that, that got busy again because I know for a lot of us, like there was, well, everyone knows there's no listings. No. And so it's made kind of quiet, but I think... That's also part of the game. Like it was Christmas time. Nobody really wants to list around then. First start, couple weeks of January, you're going back to school, whatever. Yeah. So like it was really slow, I think, compared to what we were used to for the last couple of years. I was happy to embrace the slow. I think for a lot yeah. of us who've been in it for long enough, we knew that that wasn't going to last forever. Plus yeah. we were moving. So I'm like, I'm oh, not yes. even going to stress. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. all over. We're into the new house. So nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. How long have you been doing real estate? Just over 10 years. Just over 10. And what were you doing before that? I was working at Aldo. And you know what? I loved it. I absolutely (laughs) loved it. I'd probably still go back. Voluntary shifts around the holidays. Yeah. Right on. And what got you into real estate? Feel Um, free to answer honestly. Because we talked about this a little bit before. Like, it's a fun job. Super candid. You know what? I actually, I had to find a co-op in grade 11 in school. And this is going to be funny if he watches this, but it was Albert Scott that I did it with because he's a family friend. That is hilarious. <laughs> nice. Cool. Nice. He probably doesn't watch this. He, yeah. Maybe he will now or his yeah. wife or kids will laugh. Anyways. So I did a co-op with him and I was over in the Royal LePage office. And mm-hmm. I remember what the turning point was for me because I'm still in school and we're doing projects and stuff like that. And he, it's hilarious because he probably had me doing way too much for someone who's 
in grade 11. But yeah. Writing I, up <laughs> offers? <Yeah. laughs> You're like, man, the paperwork here is yeah, terrible. Exactly. So the clients are going to talk to Chelsea moving forward yeah. for this transaction. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Why did my agent like draw a circle face, a smiley face over the eye? But, uh, I was doing a market analysis, so he taught me. <laughs> I mean, he obviously went over it yes, and made course, sure it was course, legit, but like... The fact that I could go in and be like, okay, so you guys actually don't know absolutely everything before you go in a house. You're not just walking around to every area. You do your research and then you figure it out. And I'm like, well, geez, if I can figure that out, I'm sure I can figure the rest out. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of an interest there. Then I went to university for, I mean, I will say like less than a year basically because it just barely passed and said, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like getting your driver's license. As soon as I was 19, I took the course and started in real estate. Right on. Oh, man, you started super young. Yeah. Um, how and did, nobody took me seriously. <laughs> I'd say it's hard. Yeah, it's hard at that age. Holy smokes. Totally. Yeah. It is a challenging thing. And none of your friends were buying houses, presumably at that age. No, <laughs> and it wasn't, long time. it wasn't trendy as like a first career thing. So I feel like I was one of the only young people at that time. And then mm-hmm. like three years later, there was a few more people who trickled in. But now it seems to be like popular to start as your first career yeah, and I'm yeah. sure social media has a lot to do with that but yeah it used to be everyone's third choice of career. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well this isn't working out and that's not working out like or like worked in the military stage. has yeah. some side stuff happening but also can cruise around in real estate type yeah. yeah what else uh have you been up to in the last 10 years because I know you've got some side projects and yeah so I feel like home the building f- and like yeah that Yeah, I mean, we only do our own builds. Um, I told my husband we will absolutely never be. Building brothers. No, because you know what it turns into at the end. Mm -hmm. You're kind of somebody's handyman, and and it's just not a business that I see. It's a hard grind. It's a hard grind. It's a lot of stress at the end. So that's not something we were interested in. But I'd say the first five years, I was like, I just want to be a real estate agent, all that kind of stuff. And then there was a turning point um, where I was thinking more about investments you know, mm-hmm. residual income, that kind of stuff. So we started making those plans. We've gotten a little bit of a start on our portfolio. We have six now, just one duplex, one fourplex, and we're about to start another fourplex, but we've land nice. banked a little bit yeah. for like the future. Yeah. Nice. So my my perspective has changed in real estate from just being a real estate agent to like, holy crap, this is actually something that can really, really help your future. And I think that's reflective of now, like what I'm trying to do with my clients. What were some of the challenges... Um, I mean, you were very young, yeah. but I think I saw something <laughs> on your social media about maybe some people's reaction to you when you show up to the course, <laughs> 19 oh, yeah, years old that, or whatever. Um, what, what kind of reactions did you get as a young person? Um, starting honestly, out? And a young woman starting out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I first started, well, the first day I showed up to the course, literally there was a man who stared me straight in the face and said, what? what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? Right. And I'm just being a little shit saying, well, I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm here to get my real estate license. Like, hi, I'm Chelsea. Nice to meet you. Anyways, yeah. I, no offense to him. I have no idea where he's at. He, I don't <laughs> yeah, even yeah. know if he passed the course. I have no idea, but yeah. that's what that TikTok was about yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I hear you, man. Call out. I'm all yeah, about it. Exactly. Did you, when you started, did you go on your own or did you join a team? I was like partner with somebody. No, I didn't partner with someone, but yeah. I did actually work for the broker at Exit Metro at the time, Wayne Cochran. Okay, yeah. Because I was in for a coaching session with him, and he's like, oh my gosh, my admin quit. I need to find somebody new. Like, who do you know? Do you have any friends? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I can do it, mostly because I wanted to learn. Yeah. He's a super sharp guy, too. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and I'll never regret that because yeah. instead of me learning in slow motion, I learned very quickly through all of his deals and my deals in the first mm-hmm. year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I do not think that I would have the confidence. Like there's even still stuff today that like, he's going to laugh if he listens to this, but like, I, I still have checklists and stuff that I've used since then <laughs> and transformed. Mm-hmm. But I think it's helped me be a better employer as well to mm-hmm. have an assistant to be in that role first. And that's kind of where I started building yeah, yeah, that's a, a great mentor base and to a start with. Base. Yeah. yeah, that's I think yeah. important, especially in today's market. Like it's where it's so so competitive, and there's so many. I guess there's so many agents out there that there's not as many deals. You yeah. kind of need to come on with somebody, like you said, to kind of grow. That even before, I think it allows you to grow a lot faster and learn yeah. way faster. Because otherwise, if you're only doing a few transactions, you don't gain the knowledge, which the knowledge is kind of what ends up selling for you, right? Yeah. So it's like there's there's allows the, you to skip those steps. Yeah, the challenge right now is there are people who enter into a hot market because they think it seems like a great idea, (laughs) you know, and it seems easy and there is a lot of money to be made, but the risks are significant. Exactly. And, um, one of my, one of the things that grinds my gears right now, (laughs) this is what this whole podcast is stuff I'm unhappy about, um, (laughs) is like, there's so much angst or, or there's so much negative energy towards the market and those of us in it. Mm-hmm. And part of it has to do with, oh my gosh, these places went so high over asking. This mm-hmm. place got 101 offers and it went for 300,000 over. It's because it was priced too low. I know we're all yes. taking the strategy of price a little bit low so that it goes over, but there are people who are very new to the industry and um, are not necessarily handling it as well, I don't think. And, you know, they still maybe get a good result at the end, but the process to get there is not good for buyers, not good for sellers, and not good for consumer confidence in our industry and the market here. And I like to price places low to generate the multiple offers and drive them up because there's big advantages, but if there's a science to it. I think the problem though, to what you're saying, and I think you learned this is like if you then price properly, everyone assumes that they're that's still going to go over asking, and then they don't go see it because they're like, "Oh, if it's up for five hundred, totally, I'm yeah. not prepared to spend seven. But it's actually only worth five fifty or five. Yeah, so that's what it should be priced. But there's at. a difference between like, yeah, let's list it at four seventy nine because we want it to go for five fifty, and there's a two forty nine, <laughs> two forty nine, or you know, or three fifty. Like, not calling out any specific places. Th- no, but there's still a science to it because how many times? And we're dropping around. This is what I do. We have this nice <laughs> list, and I'm going <laughs> to go off the cuff, but. <laughs> How many times have people come up to you recently or said this to you? Oh, well, hot market, great for you, I guess. Yep. You must be loving it. And oh my, my gosh, the comments on like, social media and TikTok are the best. They're like, save your money while you can. Like, this is a housing crisis. Yeah. I mean, when's it all coming down? I don't yeah. know a single agent out there right now that's like, this is awesome. Exactly. Like, I would like no, to go in a time machine back two years ago yeah. yeah, when I feel like our advice was taken right away. But the problem is for the consumer is that everything is changing by every single week. Mm-hmm. So what they're hearing is kind of a ripple effect of what's happened maybe a month previous and it's yeah. out of date information because there was a little yeah. time last year where we did kind of have to do a little bit of an adjustment in our pricing with houses. Totally. It didn't last very long, no. but where you didn't get a whole bunch over asking, then you're like, shit, I priced it too low. We have to go back on the market higher and then yep. explain that. Yep. But I think you have to pick the avenue with your clients based on that and on both sides because for buyers, 
if you're going to go in and actually look at the listing price, that's kind of a waste of time because they can go on either end. We can list it higher. We can list it low. But yeah. you have to go and see what the projected market value is for your buyers in this market. Yeah. But well, what I was going to say for a new agent that sucks is like if I've been 10 and a half years in, I'm not sure how long you've been in now. 13 Four, years, 14 years. I going to guess 14. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah, you're just I'm, killing I'm, it I'm, off yeah, the hop. I got fortunate. <laughs> My timing was good, right? It's a count on fire. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like if we find it overwhelming and we've already had the time to build our systems, to build experience, to know what to do in these markets, like can you imagine being shoved right into it? Let alone, not that people outside or agents outside of Nova Scotia are going to understand it, but that damn form already bit me in the butt this week. Oh, the new one? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it would happen this <laughs> forgot early. To, forgot to build that it, No, no. It oh. wasn't me. It was on the other side, but my sellers. Oh. Like, the buyer thought it was going to firm up, and it went past the time, and it was dead. <laughs> so that's a, a funny little nuance. They've changed the way buyer conditions out there. It used to be deemed satisfied unless buyer gave notice to the contrary. So if you don't say, no, we're backing out, then it's assumed that you're satisfied and the deal gets locked in. Yeah. Now it's the opposite. You have to fill out a form saying, we are satisfied with conditions and if you don't, then the deal automatically terminates. It's kind so, of funny. Even if you don't want it to. So if you yeah, had a yeah. backup yeah. offer in place, then it's automatically onto the next backup offer. And that could be a difference of like twenty, thirty thousand dollars Like that's yeah, a yeah. huge deal. And, a and huge much more time and all yeah. the, everything goes through it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a little scary. It's and and that, this isn't like, we're not, I don't think being hard on new agents per se. I'm just saying it's a challenging, <laughs> challenging market. And you were talking about how important mentorship and, and having someone you yeah. come into the market is in this market, especially. You need to um, you seek need guidance. Good, you need yeah. Seek you membership. need a good broker yeah. and you need yeah. good training. It's yeah. funny when I talk to some of the guys that have been in for like forty years and they talk about like we used to do it on an email. We'd be like, yeah, we email you the offer. Like we just typed up an email and like add some stuff to it. And well, I guess they were presenting in person probably forty years ago. But like, yeah, not an email. They now, were driving yeah, there yeah, and writing it on the carrier front pigeon. Of- <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but like. Every, even since I've been in, I feel like so many forms have been added. Yeah. Like yeah. every stage now, it's another form. And I was like, it's good. Actually, and it's to protect the consumer, away, which Neil. is good. Did they take some away? Yeah, they made them shorter. Actually, I guess they made the standardized form. Was yeah, it, they so did. So I missed the worst period of it all? Yeah, you did. Okay. So okay. maybe it's easier as a new agent to come in and not have the bad habit of already like relying on amendments and stuff in the past. True. I feel like we're going so far down this rabbit hole now. We're doing that thing you talked yeah, about yeah, before. Yeah, we got off, we got off <laughs> topic. Well, so this episode's actually about well, Chandler talking about how he hates new agents. Oh when my god! <laughs> I do not. I love new agents. Um, <laughs> Go work for Chandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what would what do you actually say? Because this has also been an unprecedented time for new agents getting in. Like we've got more agents than we've yeah. ever had before, and more joining um, than ever before. Yeah, more joining than than ever before. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you get a lot of people asking you about becoming a realtor. What are you telling them right now? So that question is so much easier from somebody that I know because I feel like I can see what things stress them out in life. I can see what things they enjoy in life. I can see, I can make a judgment call with them, but it's the people that I don't know Mm -hmm. that it's hard. Like for me, you can see I have women on my team. I, you know, my story about getting into real estate as a young woman, like I don't ever want to tell someone they can't do anything. So if you put your mind to it, you're going to come in and yep. kill the industry. That's why we're in the industry. So yep. number one, clearly I'm going to say, like, if you're setting your mind to do this, you can do it. However, I do think, like everything, it looks like an Instagram highlight reel when we put everything on social media. And mm-hmm. that's not what our industry is about at all. So even when hiring a new assistant, if they knew 
me through Instagram and then they came in and interviewed, not all of them, but sometimes they just, I would say like, oh, what, what do you think this job's about? So that's probably the first question I would ask them is what do you think the role of a real estate is about Mm -hmm. or a real estate agent is about? Mm -hmm. Um, And that will kind of give you an indication of what's actually attracting them to the industry. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just going out and doing like, you know, oh my gosh, it's so much fun to go to houses. Selling sunsets. And, yeah. I want to listen to sunsets. Literally everyone. Yeah. yeah. And everyone probably thinks like our whole team sits in there in the office every day and works together or goes to lunch or does everything together. Like, no, we don't. I haven't seen a lot of the girls in weeks. Like mm-hmm. we're all out. We're all <laughs> just cashing checks. Yeah. Actually, that's what we're doing. No. And the <laughs> next question I would ask is how much do you like your free time? Because yeah. I was told that. Because <laughs> you'll never have it again. <laughs> well, I mean, possibly. <laughs> I, we joke about this all the time, but my husband and I are both, you know, in business and entrepreneur worlds and we haven't taken a vacation since before the pandemic. And I don't mean away with palm trees. I mean like a weekend, Mm -hmm. like we've worked the whole time through. And I just feel like some people don't understand. I was told this like corny little line in the beginning when I started this in this industry. And it's so true when somebody said it's not really just a job, it's a lifestyle and even for your spouse, like if mm-hmm. they're if they don't want to yep. sit there and hear about real estate or be interrupted by real estate, like it's going to be a little bit of a tiff in the household because it's impossible yep. not to bring home. Or like the one weekend you want to go away, it's hot, everyone's playing washer toss. Like they're like, come on, just enjoy it for once. And then you get that phone call, big bomb in the middle of a deal, and you're like, guys, mm, yeah. I got to get this. I always tell people the best thing uh, about real estate is the flexible time and the flexible <laughs> money. And the worst thing about real estate is the flexible time and the yes. flexible money. Um, it's, it's flexible, but it's yeah. not convenient. And it's it comes at now. all times. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people like, I might, you might be able to, I might do be able to do something impromptu. Like if I have a free afternoon and someone's like, Hey, we're going to whatever. I might be able to do that on super short notice to plan something two days ahead. Yeah. can be very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, it, so it's got its challenges. What do you think is the actual, cause you must have people come through and you might Man, this person's not going to make it. I know you said if you work real hard, you can make it. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, this, person, games. this person's not going to make it. Like, what do you think are the? I'll, I'll rephrase the opposite. What do you think are the um, key traits that someone has to have to be successful as a real estate agent? Um, consistency and discipline, and honestly, the interest. My husband said something mm. one time, and I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense. He basically said, if you're not going home in your free time and researching ways to make what you're doing better. Just because you like it, it's not you don't like it enough to do it as a business. Right. Yeah, that's and great I'm point. like, that's actually really true. Yeah, I think that's succeeded at a high level, like to, to be able to grow it and totally and crank it up. It. Yeah, yeah, especially like longevity. Like you don't have to love what you do every single day, but you should love it as a whole, or at least the direction that you're going. And if you're not yeah. obsessed with that in your free time, then it's yeah. not for you. This is why I hate this idea of a balanced life. My buddies used to grind my gears all the time about, <laughs> oh, Chandy, it's all about balance, man. It's all about balance. And that's bullshit, man. No one ever got really good at something by balancing it with other things. It's so funny right? because like, out of the yeah. other questions that you kind of like threw at me ahead of time, like one of my biggest goals is balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. like, screw balance. I'm like, that's all I want. <laughs> no, but like people think balance means like you do this for a little bit, you do that for a little bit. You do, That's not if you want to be hyper successful, you have to obsess over that thing. Mm-hmm. You just do. Your energy has to go there. And that's not to say don't take breaks and don't reward yourself. But if yeah. you don't have that level of obsession, like no one makes it to a pro that's for major athlete growth. Major by growth, doing yeah. five different sports. At some point, they specialize uh, and they focus in on that. I think when people are saying that, though, they're not saying like do that to get hyper growth. They're saying that on like a like general enjoyment scale. 
Because I get, I get what you're saying. Like for like me in engineering, I was not into it, and I every morning hated getting up to go do it. Yeah. And this, I work ten times as much. I work weekends. I work evenings. All that. But I'm way happier doing it. Yeah, yeah. The, versus totally. what I was doing. But you also can't take it with you. If something happens to you tomorrow, like I've just had, I know we're going, I'm really going off on a tangent here, but it's just like every single time something happens where somebody gets sick or somebody yeah. passes away, you're like, okay, yes, good thing. We're happy yeah. what we're doing every single day. But sometimes we have to make sure we put other values first. Yeah. But I feel like we're doing it so that we get to a place where we truly do get to choose at some point what we're doing with our time. So you almost have to make yourself don't lose sight of the end goal. Exactly. Yeah. You're making yeah. yourself busier to in hindsight someday make yourself yeah, less don't, busy. I just want to <laughs> say like yeah, don't 100%. make people let you feel guilty. I hate when people try to make other people feel guilty. Oh, you're working too hard. Yeah. You need to take it's like maybe I enjoy what I'm doing yeah. more than I enjoy sitting here on this patio with you. What are you saying to somebody that wants to get in? Do you get that question a lot? Uh yeah. Yeah, I, right. I, they I, don't ask you because they're too scared to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm a ray of sunshine. Um, I mean, I, I always tell people like it's it's a very challenging industry, yeah. right? I, I won't sugarcoat it. I also say, you know, there is a big upside to it. Right? Yeah, there like is. You, you can do mm-hmm. financially some things in this in a short period of time that you can't do in a lot of professions. Um, and if you understand and same real with schooling, estate, it's not very long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low barrier um, to entry. Yeah. Low barrier to entry, which for, for better or worse. Um, and also, <laughs> if you if you practice, no, it's tr- it's true. Yeah. Um, if you practice what you preach, and you believe in real estate, yeah. it can then change your life because you will have access both intellectually and and you know business wise to opportunities that other people just don't have familiarity with, and so. Um, you know, you can build wealth outside of just selling houses because you you are in the industry, if you will. But from a personality standpoint, I would say to be successful in real estate, you know, item number one, it helps to be super connected. Yeah. And what yeah. I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people do well in this industry because, you know, they had a family member who was in the industry or um, they have a background in the banking world or, you know, military and, and teachers and um, big fire and police, like jobs. they have big networks of, of people um, that they can lean on for business. So that's kind of item number one. Another item is hyper aggressive. Um, some people have a business model success just by kind of being super aggressive <laughs> with their marketing, with their follow up, and that sounds like a bad thing. But then if yeah. you can channel it to like, no, I genuinely want to be helpful. Why wouldn't I call everyone and be as helpful as I can? Um, and then there's super super organized. Um, which is not something I'm especially good at, but you talked how early <laughs> on, you know, you, you were mentoring and learning a lot of the admin side of yeah. things and, you know, still have some of those same systems. That's why some people thrive who have really disciplined backgrounds and whatever they did in their work life before. Yeah. Some people who transfer over to real estate maybe later in their professional lives, but came from really highly successful traditional white collar, you know, corporate positions, corporate yep. positions or, or teachers who are used to goal setting and, and scheduling, they can transition well. And then the last one is <laughs> like likability. Yeah. And I don't mean like, oh yeah, so-and-so is all right. I mean, likability that people genuinely trust you. They want to be around you. If you're saying a, you can have any of these things or you're supposed to have all of them? Because I sure no, as hell the, don't have yeah. all yeah, of yeah, them. I was just thinking, <laughs> I'm like, you're this is a pretty list. intensive list. This is a great, this is a great question. Fail. Yeah. If you have any one of them, you yeah. can make a career out of it. If you have four of them or can outsource and figure out systems to have all four of them, then you can really, really be successful. But that brings me to the next point that I was going to say is you don't, I don't necessarily think that you can't be a good agent. You just have to pick the right setup because some of those people make the best 
team members. Yep. Some yeah. of the girls literally say on the team, I don't really care to be a lead making machine. I will take your leads and I'll service them so well yeah. that I'll get more yeah. referrals from it. So yeah, strengths yeah. and the strengths there, they're super friggin' organized. Totally. That's, that's so, what I was say. For this and I know, business, I know some people in your team, they're, they're likable as well. So they're organized, exactly. they're likable, they you know, yeah. have the system. But for some of them, like, you know, I like to put myself out there more. And yep. not to say that they're not going to do that, but like that's not as natural to them. But then they're like rock stars on their deals and they're getting referrals in the back end for that. Totally. So whether if they're showing up the same way as me or not, they're still doing well in the industry. So I think that knowing that if it doesn't work one avenue, that it could work another avenue. And it seems to be that teams are getting more popular, not for everybody, but just more, you know, maybe that's the place for you if you don't feel like you have the confidence to do those things that are on your list. Yeah, in the yeah. same way that, like, I outsource admin and organization. Yeah. Other people, in joining a team, you kind of outsource the lead generation and maybe the bigger personality, that, like, you provide that for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's the other thing. Again, a lot of people are happy coming to this business because to achieve what they're currently achieving, it might not be as insane. Like we're saying all these things about like it's a 24-7, you're giving up your whole life. But to achieve a certain level, you don't necessarily have to do that. I know there's a lot of agents in our office that are like, I'm happy hitting this target and it allows me to spend X amount of months away or I only work so many days per month, like all those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think this business is awesome for that. Right, like I don't think it needs to be your entire life gets taken over. And like you guys are that's saying, very true. I guess we shouldn't scare people that much. Yeah, like but if, if, if you're you not trying to come into it, this to go like be number one on the boards all the time, and you're very happy with like a set, like I'm, I want to make X amount of dollars, let's say a hundred grand a year. I don't think you need to work like to make a hundred grand a year in this business. I don't necessarily think you need to work one than forty hours a week. I think you no, like, no, but you're still taking on not having the option at the end of the day to shut your brain off completely and not very true. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to weigh if that's worth it or not. Is it worth the interruptions right when it's annoying? That's the hardest part. Do you know you're what on I mean? full time. Totally. Yeah. Like 24 seven, you know, and you're responsible for your own marketing. You're responsible for running your own business. So a hundred thousand dollars and you have a lot of expenses, a hundred thousand dollars in the real estate world is not equivalent to it's both ends. Though. You get to write things off. You pay a lower tax rate. Yeah, it goes. It goes yeah. both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guys are hilarious. <laughs> Chandler and I differ our opinions in a lot of things. Is that the no? Whole but I'm point just saying, this? like you know, uh, the, the trade off wouldn't be dollar for dollar if it's like, well, I have a nine to five and I work this, or you know. Yeah, no, I I don't. I see. I see both ends of it because like you pay like tax rates are insanely high if you're on a regular salary, right? Like everyone knows you can pay basically forty percent. If you if you're in corporate business, you're not paying that, and you can write off a lot of your your expenses that go towards it. So it's like I I almost look at a hundred grand in this business as more. Uh, depending no, on how you're factually wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do another episode. We're going to break out the numbers. I can yeah, almost 100% I mean, disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, buying your own insurance. Um, and, you know, I'm paying less taxes now, making way more money than I was as an engineer. Really? Yes. Well, we're incorporated, though. You wouldn't That's what I'm saying. We're incorporated. So when you're but incorporated, you don't incorporate $100,000. What? You shouldn't incorporate $100,000. That's not worth it. It was, it was quick, man. Okay. It was quick. Yeah. Only three years in. I mean, it was quick. <laughs> it all happened very fast. All right. Um, <clears throat> where did I go? So why did you start a team? I decided to build a team because I wanted to become a mom and I didn't really understand how I was going to keep my numbers the same or going up yeah. as a business if I kind of just took the step back. Mind you, that did not turn out how it does. <laughs> it's great now, but that one year of my life was something else. Unpack um, that. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My last assistant, Haley's going to laugh at this. Um, anyways, <laughs> Haley and I got pregnant at the same time. So our kids are actually two months apart, which is really cool. That is cool. That was not the issue. Um, she went on mat leave. You know, we went to go hire someone else. 
actually through two hires and it just wasn't the right fit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually ended up with no assistant for the first time in four years. (laughs) And this? this was right when I had the baby. Okay. The baby. RJ is my son's (laughs) name when I had the baby. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I can honestly say I'm a very motivated person and I've never said the words in my life. Like, I give up. That year in my head, I was like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even know if this is worth it. But it was just because I didn't have the right support. So, how long Mm -hmm. had you had the team at that point? Well, I only had one team member at that time. Thank God for Kim because she really carried a lot of that weight that year because I didn't have an assistant to be doing, you know, the back end of the business. So I really. That would have been one of the busiest years too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's when it all kind of first started, Started right? So everybody always asked me like, how much time did you take off? Well, I had a C-section. You're supposed to take six weeks off, but at four weeks off, I had been. (laughs) <laughs> dropping me off at the office with the baby. So probably like three to four weeks and it was around mm. Christmas. So naturally we'd kind of mm. take that off anyways. Right. So I would probably do that very, very differently the next time, but I didn't really have a choice, but that yeah, was yeah. the motivation behind starting the team. Right. Um, but, and there's actually one other reason that I kind of thought of it. I've always been interested. This is maybe not something you expect me to say, but I really respect like multi-level marketing businesses, how everyone calls them pyramid schemes. But I Mm -hmm. always seem every time there's a new one here, I'm like, oh, man, like I get sidetracked and I think they're so cool because of the way they grow. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm like, I need to replicate that same structure in real estate because obviously this is what I'm already doing. You can't run two completely (laughs) opposite businesses at the same time. I'm sure you could make it work, but it's not going to look great to my clients that I'm off in la-la land. So I'm like, how do I... How do I make this better, but do it in real estate and grow that way? So I feel like growing out and then growing up together will help me not get to the burnout phase and just say, screw it. Um, what um, what sort of concerns did you have about becoming a people manager rather than a real estate seller? I feel like that's easier. I mean, there's times where it's challenging because getting everybody on the same page is hard. Um, but we're in a really, really good place now with the girls that we have. And I feel like the more rela- like, I don't know, think about it. When you have an, a client that always comes back to you and they already know you, they're not grilling you the same way to get right. to know you being like, okay, go through this, go through that. So if you have repeat clients, they're easier, right? So I feel like because I have a relationship with the girls, we know each other, we've worked yeah. together, we're, we're constantly getting more in sync. It's way easier for me to have a conversation with one of them and help them through something if they need anything. And they bring a lot of value to me too with different perspectives and and the whole team that I feel like it's easier to manage something that way than it is to constantly be creating new relationships. Right. I think that's you showing that you're like a, a natural born leader more so though. So yeah. I think some people really struggle to lead because they're, they're maybe not able to communicate or able to pass it down. In I'm not going to pretend way. I'm perfect at it either. This is totally yeah. like a learning curve too. And I think that they've been very patient with me, especially the first two girls who came who knew like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of going as this comes, especially right. like with the baby at the same time. So I'm not going to say it was like perfectly set up. Yeah. But I think one thing I tried to really care about is if I was on a team, what would be my biggest concern? And my biggest concern would be growing past or somebody taking too much of my commission or something. So I mm-hmm. made sure I put things in place like cap yeah. votes and stuff so that they can literally 
still be on the team, be a top producer, not feel like they need to go somewhere else for all the business they're bringing in, yeah. but then have that environment. Yeah, that's huge. It benefits both yeah. parties. That's big because I think a lot of agents are struggling to make that transition because they can't even put themselves mm-hmm. in the position of somebody that would be on a team. Like they came into the business, they were solo. The ego. Yeah, yeah the, the ego, ego and, and they've just the always idea. been on yeah. their own and so they don't understand what it's like for trying to get somebody on. And so a lot of big agents, I think, struggle to either pr- create a team or and then maintain it. Like you see a lot of turnover in the teams. Um, so well, that's, I think it's that smart that you're able to do that. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and hopefully, knock on wood, like a lot of them, you know, we're a good group together. We're friends yeah. and, you know, but stuff happens. But I really tried to think about me personally. If somebody was trying to recruit me on their team and I yep. did align with the stuff that they were doing and I thought maybe that would be a fun environment, what would hold me back from being on a team myself? Had yep. that opportunity been there when I was in the industry, which it wasn't at the time. There was no one at the time where I'm like, hey, that's really cool how they're how they're doing that. I mean, kind yep. of Wayne, when I first started, for sure. Like, yep. I super admired him, but he was going off into a different direction anyway, so who yeah. knows what would happen if he if yeah. he didn't. But. And a lot of people start teams a little bit out of ego. They're like, oh, I want to be a team leader, and they yep. never empower their people so the people don't stick around. Right? And, I'm thinking of something in my head that I cannot say in this podcast, but uh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. But I'm just saying, you know, it, it has not about to be, me, but I just remember somebody's marketing at one point, and I'm like, ooh. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, this is the challenge, and this is why teams sometimes don't last. And it's the same with growing your business. Some people we've talked about this before. Yeah, grow a business just to be able to say, I have seven people that work for me. Yeah, and that's their end goal, rather than I have creating a successful a team business. Seven that, people, that and all empowers like everyone, employs people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, no! Yeah. I just want help, yeah. <laughs> and not because I'm like the busiest person in the whole world, but I kind of want to end up growing it to a space where people can take leads if they want them, or they can just be there for the systems or you know the environment. I think that's honestly the best part so far about it's, our team. Yeah, so you got in this business and then I think your mindset's changed on what you really want out of 100%. it. 100%. Um, and I think that happens to a lot of us. I can say I'm, I'm in the same boat where I've gotten into this business for one reason and now as time's gone on, I'm already, my mindset's changed and I'm, I think I'm more on your page now where I'm, I'm looking to like maybe create a team and yeah. kind of help to empower some people and, and help them grow their businesses and be able to offer what I'm really good at, which may be like you're saying, bringing in leads and giving them the business guidance. More also, so I want to validate and like point out there that not all of them need leads and that's not the reason why all of them are on it. True. But as long as I have some that yeah. want to, and, and I always tell them like, I don't feel the need to get any bigger unless we ever get to a point where everyone's too busy to take any of the leads or yeah. I'm trying to get help. But not all of them, there. like there are some that wouldn't even have time to take leads on the team as well. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if that's like my major role, but I think that it's turned into something I didn't think it was going to, because now it's not even just like me. If somebody's asking like, Oh, like I'd be interested in maybe being on your team. I think it's because of the girls. Like it's because of all of us together that we've created something that's a fun environment to be in while you're navigating. Fun and supportive, which is so, so important. That's another thing in this business. You need to be, you need someone to support with you. Even if you're not massively producing, I think that like even when I first started, I had like one or two other people and we would just bounce off each other. Like if we want to take a weekend off or whatever, yeah, they true. would cover me, I would cover yeah. them. True. Or like sometimes you're just, you can't be in two places at once. Um, I was going to say the next thing with that, with the team and like all these items, how, like did you start out with social media being your number one go-to? No. Like, because <laughs> you've become very well known on social media. You've done a great job of doing it, maintaining it, growing it. Uh, I think it's important for your guys' team now, I would say. Um did you start, you didn't start with it at all or what was it like? Well, it's just funny because I, I it seems weird to sell a house off of Instagram or something like that. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, it's like 90 for, 95% of my business comes from social media, 100%. It's well, I guess same. like maybe 90%, whatever, whatever's not mm-hmm. reoccurring or referral business your, is yeah, definitely from it. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it's hilarious because I came into the industry and I was just trying to like, you know, they always tell you, watch what other people are doing when they're doing a good job in the industry. They're farming. They're doing all these things. I'm mm-hmm. like, I Door have knocking. no money to be able to do those things. Yeah. So eventually, and honestly, there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was like Facebook. They did, there was no Instagram then, actually. I don't, or I, we weren't on Instagram. Yeah. Nobody yeah. quoted me It was me just getting that. started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's true. But yeah. um, I remember, it was probably like two years in, where I started trying to take the things that I was learning and do a video on them because I'm like, how am I? Nobody takes me seriously. How, not nobody, but people aren't taking me seriously right Automatically, now. Yeah. And I don't have the funds to be able to like pump out all these, you know, flyers, flyers and stuff yeah. like that. So I started doing videos and it was then that my business started to change and I started to get people as clients that I'm like, would never expect that they would give me that respect yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was used to them not. Yeah. There's yeah. a certain credibility factor that you can accumulate credibility on social media like in some respects, frighteningly easily, but like yeah. it, it is a valuable tool to get people. And um, I tell that to new agents as well because you have to stay in front of your sphere. But people will also Google you; they'll check what you're about. It's like and an online resume. That's what yeah, I actually yeah. wrote down in yeah. my notes today when I saw that. Like I want to be able to turn what would be a cold lead, and I hate calling it a lead. But when you're prospecting in business and, mm-hmm. and for talking like realtor lingo when you're trying to meet new people and, and get new clients, cold leads are hard. They're going to mm-hmm. show up. They don't necessarily really trust you. They have no idea who you are. And it's up to their assumption of what they think about you. But a warm yeah. lead coming from social media, you you have to give them enough, com- like, I don't know, context online on different yeah. topics to kind of show, I don't know, They value. also feel like they already know you and, and to some degree. Right, like yeah. they like when you watch a TV show yeah, and you yeah. know you hate a certain TV show or somebody on it because of their attitude or whatever, or or you really like somebody, then yeah, I was gonna say someone literally today reposted one of our listeners reposted a story of our podcast. He said a great way to meet people that are what was it? Connect with people who are yeah, connect with people yeah. that are really busy in industry or whatever it may be. But for him, he's like, I feel like he's building a connection with us just by listening to this and he kind of yep. builds that relationship and understanding and then he's able to kind of jump some of those steps. Maybe if he does meet with us or goes to invest or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. So, social, like you're saying, yeah, social media allows you to kind of build that connection right off the hop and I'm sure I think a lot of your followers, because again, you do a really good job of creating that where people I think feel like involved in your life, involved in what's going on. You keep them in, in like updated on all the different things that you're doing. Even mm-hmm. I like feel like I've watched you progress and grow uh, through your social media. So like I can see how that would work so well and then people also feel connected like you said when it comes time to make the decision oh who am i gonna use as a realtor they already feel connected to you like it's already you know what i mean even though you may have never met this person in your entire life mm-hmm. yeah or they know that it's not going to be a good fit and we didn't waste any uh, exactly. time exactly yeah. you know what i mean exactly. like yeah, yeah. well in all honesty like you'll, yeah. you'll know not who everyone you, yeah yeah you'll know who you'll connect with and you know who you don't connect with yeah so okay. let's let's turn a little bit specific to the market right now uh and we'll mm-hmm. focus on on a couple things one what are you telling people um, that are maybe asking, is this going to slow down? Do you think there'll be a pullback? You know, uh, I'm sure you're getting Market that. Crash 2022. Yeah. I mean, I think people know that there's not going to be a quote unquote crash or don't feel that way. But what are you telling people right now as they're seeing this train leaving a station at a pretty <laughs> quick rate? I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I think for a couple different reasons. Number one, 
construction, new construction is so backlogged to the point that a lot of builders are actually taking their their stuff off the market yeah. until they're caught up to put it back on. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I think that puts pressure back on the resale market because there's not... People yeah. aren't selling out to move into new homes and yeah. people moving here have to buy like a resale home. They're not they laying out their, yeah, they're not laying out their plans because they see, oh, there's eight homes being built out here and yeah. okay, that'll close eight months from now. So I need to start thinking about my home. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, I feel like I cannot be the only one who has had contacts from Ontario or other places where mm-hmm. they are selling their entire investment portfolios over there and reinvesting it somewhere where they're getting a higher return on investment. It's growing quicker. And I think anyone coming into the market like that, they're used to this market. So they're not using the same conditions. Um, yeah, they're yeah. not using conditions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're using the same area. They're not using any yeah. conditions. An interesting article came out that it was released that one in five properties in Halifax, I don't know if it's Halifax or Nova Scotia, one in five was being bought by a quote-unquote investor. And that term isn't really well qualified, yeah. um, but it's presumably a multi-unit or not a primary residence. And, you know, that's not an insignificant amount. Well, that's a pretty serious um, number. Twenty percent of the market, and, and yeah, I'm Ontario. sure if they revisited the number two, the percentage of out of town buyers, because I know like last year it was like maybe one and a half percent or something in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I think it might be a little higher now. Honestly, like well, we were talking about like absentee outside of province investment buying with yeah. no connection here. I think some of that is going to be people who have bought a duplex and now are buying another duplex and maybe buying six unit. There's going to be an element of people buying more than one property, but yeah. Um, yeah, people coming here with new money, new to province money is, is a big thing for sure. And yeah. also, like we've had the the actual home buyers that are going to live in there as well that have said, well, I always had a plan to come back here, but now the market's starting to do what it did here, and I can't wait until I'm completely priced yeah. out of the market. That's right. Yeah. Buy it so, now, and I'm going to rent it for three years because I think we're going to move there when, yeah. Yeah, yeah or physically thing. make the move back because they're renting right there for some <laughs> yeah. Yeah. obnoxious amount. Speaking about the rental market, um, some of these, oh some of these folks. <laughs> I've no. seen the comments yeah, in yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> the comments in your comment wow. section. Um, no, but um, what do you say to investors who are trying to navigate this new um, rental market here, where there's rent control, um, there's a freeze on uh, evicting people for renovations? What what kind of what are you hearing out there in the market and what are you telling those investors? Well, I think anyone who's buying an investment property shouldn't just be focused on the next two years anyways. So like that's probably not why you're buying an investment property. You're going to own it for a lot longer than that. So I mm-hmm. think to focus on those is probably holding you back because our market's growing so much that you're going to end up paying more after that. So if you can't charge as much in rent, I don't think it's as big of an issue. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, I, I do think the rent control is going to be here to stay. So people are going to have to understand that it's not going to be two percent, but it's going to be. It's now the ice has been 4%. broken for a long enough time. It's 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 staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to stay for sure. Um, I find it hard to be someone who's not here locally, boots on the ground with a management team to take on a project right now. Yeah, that, there's that. So you guys I, are looking at much bigger projects than my clients are yes right now. Yes, I know. I mean, it, I, I think people ask about a duplex, and they're like, oh, well, the rents don't seem to be very good. It's like, 
Yeah, about that. It, it's uh, a style. <laughs> I think it's a style. Though. There, there's there's the investment type, and I think to, you, to what you said, what you, for investing, I think you're totally right. At the end of the day, if you want to lock down location and eventually get it to where it needs to be, you can and do that. And sometimes there are investors yeah. who aren't financing. Oh, yeah, you know I what know. I mean. Like there's investors yeah. that maybe aren't financing their projects or are financing a lot less. So they're it's comfortable. Still, yeah, it's and most of them want more, the appreciation more than they want the exactly. cash flow anyway. That's my yeah. point about the longevity yeah. in the market. It's yeah. like to hold yourself back from that, but then buy a more expensive investment three or four years down the road. Yeah, but again, it's rent control. You're it's hedging not really against inflation, and you, like you're saying, out of town buyers are often putting down 50 percent where they're from. So here, if they have to do that, it's not a big deal, and they're paying a lower price per door. Right. Um, I think the biggest one that's being impacted, and I think a lot of the clients that we end up working with are doing it as an active business of mm-hmm. almost flipping the rental properties. True. And for those buyers, it is extremely That's tough. Hard. And these rules basically completely nuke your your business model. Um, and so I, I honestly now, I'm pl- basically telling all of them to play the waiting game. We're trying to be creative in what we can do. Um, and and But I, I almost am at a loss for words with the most recent extension for rent evictions have been put on pause again indefinitely and rent control has been on pause, basically extended indefinitely, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I had a call with an investor from Toronto this morning and I didn't really have much to say to him. I was like, honestly, that news release on Friday has taken out the wind of our sales. The only option at this point, if you're an investor trying to grow at some sort of pace is to basically do what you're doing, which is to build new. Um, and, and, and what you're starting to do, to yeah. find. <laughs> but it's very tough to start with because buying land is often cash based. Uh, and then trying to find land that is approved or you can actually build on or getting an approval can take years. So like it, it then delays everything quite a bit. Um, so it's definitely a very changed market. And this is such, again, a new thing where the rules have just been extended and put in place within the last week. I'm still trying to figure out what the best way to handle these people are. But I think in general, the biggest thing that I've been saying is build new, build new, build new. And I think the general sentiment that I hear from all investors and developers pretty much anywhere, same with Toronto, it's build new. And this is why there is going to be that separation between brand new luxury construction yeah, and the old and stuff. And that's unmaintained, hard, yeah. rundown. That's what we're going to create. Uh, in this situation, but uh, we've ranted about that a, a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the the new construction. So you built the four unit, or you have a four unit and you're building another? <laughs> My husband built the four unit. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you played an active role in it. Um, Chelsea built it yeah. with her hands. <laughs> her I always her, have her to out there I, swinging the hammer. Actually, yeah. he loves to do that. <laughs> the we sorry, you know, whatever you want to say. The, Talk, tell us a little bit about that, and you kind of implied that it was part of your future plans as well. Well, what do you want to know about it? <laughs> uh, where is it? What made you do it? Exact um, cap, how are things rents, looking? What's yeah. made, no, I'm kidding. Everything. Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> what type of property is it? So it's, it's a four. I think I kind of know because I think I saw some pictures online. Yeah. Um, that one's a four-unit townhouse. It's townhomes, right? Yeah, yeah. because it's more rural. It's not yeah. something that's stacked downtown. So we yeah. wanted it to fit in that way. There are three bedrooms. Yeah. One a garage in each unit. So Yeah. And what did it take you like timeline from getting the land to getting permit to then also building? That one was before this crazy boom happened. So it was it. a lot easier. Yes. Um that was probably I don't know, just over a year. Yeah. So that one wasn't that painful because you didn't have to go through a million different trades and quotes and stuff to get somebody to actually line up with your timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like those days are gone it's a little <laughs> bit more it's a little <laughs> elongated now yeah i'm a little jaded because we yeah. just finished our build on our house and i'm like holy moly that was way different than before we didn't realize how easy it was before i knew it was going to be difficult but it was right when everything went up in price yeah, yeah. so then trades are and they're you know 
they're more in demand. So their price goes up from the time that you originally went in with for your financing. So and their time is their timelines, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we've been bridging a lot of gaps that we didn't expect to. <laughs> what kind of financing structure did you use when you bought? Did you use any financing for the land or you just paid cash for the land? Um, I've been very spoiled because my dad has been <laughs> heavily involved in yeah. land development. And then yeah. normally we kind of work out an agreement where he does allow it to go into our names. And then after the build's done, we pay for it. So vendor so, take back. Yeah. Basically, he's giving you a vendor <laughs> take back on the land. You pay it off once you've accomplished it. For construction, with no interest. With <laughs> that's not that's not a bad. That's I know. I don't want to pretend to make yeah. that. See- and that's the hard part. Like clients will come and ask, like, "How do I do this?" And it's very hard. Like I know you're saying, build yeah. new, build new, build new. It's hard to find that. So I feel like a yeah. lot. I a lot of things in life I won't say are luck, but yeah. I feel like when what we bought and when we bought it and built it, kind of aligned in a way that I just I trusted because my. You know, I learned some of this from my dad and he was yeah. kind of the guinea pig. And I'm like, OK, well, we're going to do the same thing and start. But it's not as easy to keep recreating as time goes on. There's there's less inventory. To yeah, do yeah. That. Sub- substantially less. And we're getting this thing and you see it again in other markets like B.C., Ontario, where if the end value is a million and it costs you five hundred thousand dollars to build. Yeah. Guess what? The land's five hundred thousand dollars. They, they don't. There's yeah. no there's no gap. There's no squeeze. Like you're you're into exactly what it's worth, and then you're playing yeah. the appreciation game on that, which also now is getting controlled because all these places do have rent control, and so now you're basically they're slowly turning into a more standardized investment. Yeah, and it's harder to get these big lifts that some of us have been fortunate to get with like the older builds. Um, and then so with that for financing the actual construction, did you do like a standard twenty five percent in for you, seventy five percent from the bank, or did you guys try and we float didn't more of it? Oh, you did private? Okay, nice. Yeah. Which is, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm Mr. I love the private money. Did they cover a big portion, of pretty much all of your construction costs? Then, yes. See? They do, and then you get, then you get charged one percent on what you have borrowed per month. Yeah, so, and they do have setup fees. Yeah, so yeah. like it's Lender not fees. the cheapest. I think it would be cheaper to go through the bank, but I think there's more flexibility going private. Well, also you would have been able to show <laughs> the land as your equity, right? Right. Exactly. So yeah, and that's a huge part because yeah. then you don't have to take that out of your first draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. If you can prove I've got, well, I've got 25 percent in the land, or even 15 percent in the land with a private lender, they will finance the rest. And sometimes they can be more flexible on on like the draw schedule and, and things like that. Yeah, so. they actually are, which yeah. you need to be because I feel like the way that it's set up like doesn't really make sense all the time. And you don't know exactly where you're going to be for that money, especially this is what really kind of screwed us on our house build. But And I bring that in because we just built that, but it would be the same whether it was a house or for multi-unit. But yeah. because you had to order things so far in advance, stuff that we would mm-hmm. never normally put on right. our first or second draw, we're shoving in there. And then yeah, we're like, but yeah. now we can't get to the next one because yeah. we had to spend the money on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're either borrowing money from your company and putting it back. It's, you know, so we're a little bit exhausted on that side, but you <laughs> do what you got to do to get it done. And it is yep. worth it. The other thing that's nice at the end of building it yourself is... Obviously, the numbers are going <laughs> to yeah. be better like once rent comes around. You're not as see, – see how you guys have those concerns of like, well, how do you get past this obstacle and that obstacle? I'm sitting over here not having those obstacles personally. So they're rents. not driving – yeah, I mean yeah. like our our rents are lower than market value, but like I'm kind of okay with them because we are only paying on a certain amount in the mortgage that we've borrowed because we've built it. So yeah. we yeah. have that equity in it that you wouldn't have if you went and bought – from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So but this is, that's all about finding your competitive advantage, right? You know, you're yeah. fortunate to have some family mentorship that you can lean on. Um, you're fortunate to be able to self-contract. 
I was say you right. guys, and then you guys GC'd it yourself, which is a yeah. huge saving. Yeah, and Ben's right got a—he's got an excavation company, so a lot yeah. of those massive costs too are obviously yeah, cut up. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, so I mean, someone else may not have that same thing, but they're going to have something else that, that that's their strength. Yeah, is the goal to keep building those out now and add a ton more, or are you trying to get to a certain point, like? Are you looking to have 800 units or are you looking <laughs> to get to like 50? Like, all right, I'm really comfortable Exactly, with this. that second yeah. part. Like yeah. we're not, I'm not the person that's like, you know how you said in the beginning, oh, it's about an ego thing. Mine's never about like, oh, like I would love if nobody knew we had those. <laughs> so here we are yeah. telling yeah. everybody on the podcast <laughs> and everybody knows. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, we're more on that route. I want to make sure that we have stability for our life and mm-hmm. mine's from like a different place of motivation it's not even just for like our little family like our immediate family but if any I know that we're in a good spot in our life right now everybody around us is healthy or people don't necessarily nothing's super bad is happening but I would rather be able to not focus on that for the rest of my family too if god forbid anything were to happen yeah just like a financial security blanket for the future and to give you I don't know if, if someday you're like, you know what, I don't I don't want to work this much or I want to take more time off for my family. I mm-hmm. want to be able to do that. Yep. And I think I will only allow myself to do that if I financially know that I have that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just not in my blood to be like, ah, I can kick back, I'll be fine. Yeah. What if I'm not fine? Yeah. Like it's yeah. yeah. I, I think it's important to what you said right at the start of talking too is with this business, being a realtor, someone looking at getting into this. Like when you go into a career with a company, there's often a pension set up or yeah. some sort of format of something that allows you to retire and continue to earn an income. And that's realtor, scares me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a realtor, yeah. the day you stop, it stops. Right. And what if we get sick or what if something happens? Yeah. Like, and I don't want to, and even for, if I'm going to employ someone too, like I don't, that even weighs on me. Like, what mm-hmm. if I get sick then? I don't want to stop being able to pay them or, yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying that rentals is the only way to do that because surely I'm a little bit more proactive than that and have yeah. some, <laughs> some time yeah, yeah. with like how my real estate business is going. But I just feel like I think and worry about 10 years ahead. So yeah. that's it's, my 10 years ahead. <laughs> and I mean, you're in this business. So obviously it's kind of natural. I think a fair number of agents end up getting involved in real estate investment because you're there. First of all, you help clients do it. So you see what they can do. And what they've done, and then additionally, it makes sense because you understand the business. Like you said to, earlier, it's like it doesn't make sense to have two totally separate businesses. So in this case, you're trying to make an active investment that you actually understand and can be involved in without hindering your other businesses. Exactly. And so you're doing that by doing the investment, and it, it probably helped you help other investor it clients. Hundred percent. Make does. their like, make their investments. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier and a lot less stressful and daunting to take something on if you're like, I personally have done that, so I know how it feels, mm-hmm. and I know what things have come up. Um, just to backtrack for a little second, um, returning to the market and, and helping people go out there and buy places, what are you saying to keep people motivated this year when they're trying to buy? And where do you think opportunities might be available this year? Loaded question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't put that, we didn't put that on the list. And no, I wasn't on the list. I'm even thinking here, I'm like, man, it's... Yeah. You're trying to keep people motivated. It's super tough. I always tell them. I, I always preface it like the first showing we ever do or the first phone call we do. Like prepare yourself. This is going to be a slog. It is super tough. Like we have to look at homes below your approved budget. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you guys. You guys can be making amazing bids. What you need to keep in mind is you're always going to be up against random people in the sense of this house might be worth way more to them than what it's actually truly worth. It doesn't mean you guys aren't approved enough to buy a house. Like this house might be worth 500 grand. You guys bid 525. 
but their parents live around the corner, so they bid six hundred grand. Like, th- so you got that kind of stuff going on. People come in from out of town, so yeah. those you're kinds con- of things. You're consoling them into trying to console <laughs> them into feeling comfortable. Yeah. Timeline wise, and trying to find deals, I try and tell them we got to look creative or look in other areas that might not be as hot. I think that's yeah. really important. And like, I've gotten really weird stuff. Like, if there's a weekend that we're really stormy, mm-hmm. I find I find listings don't do as well. Like a like the last storm, couple weekends, I found there's one or two listings that kind of got way less offers than I would have expected, but I know they canceled a ton of showings. They still took offers on the storm day and it just was a little quieter. And I'm like, so we have to kind of be ready for those things. So, okay. Right when the summer hits and then everyone's getting out of school, there might be a week or two there that instead of there being 40 offers, there might be 15 and there might be a better op- op- uh, opportunity to get in. I feel like it's hard for me personally because I'm not the type of person that pushes somebody to do something. However, like I'm an aggressive person. I'm an aggressive negotiator, but you'll fight for I'm, them. Yeah. I'll fight for you, but I'm not going to, f- push you like you I must want, write higher offer. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so well yeah. actually i won't say that they must but i i like you said before like i think that you kind of have to take them in behind the scenes and and show them what's going on so that they have the confidence to make the decision so yeah in our first time home buyer session this time around i'm like you know what no i'm going to show them a snapshot of what actually happened for growth in our market in the last 12 months mm-hmm. because if this is still happening and it happened the year before too yeah then they should feel good in their asset to say, okay, well, at least when I buy something, this is going to happen to me again by next year. They're confident in buying. Exactly. And then yeah. go into the tactics of like, okay, so now we discovered why it's still worth buying and actually yeah. show them numbers because like as much as they trust you, like it's pretty annoying to not have that background knowledge and still go all yeah. the way in and say, okay, sure, I'll go 120000 over asking. Yeah. And then I, I feel like we just have to show them way more in behind the scenes than we used to have to before. Yeah. And it's tricky too because, like you said, you don't want to push someone outside their comfort zone. But which I won't. You know, you'd be like mm-hmm. remiss to not tell them the reality of the situation. I think we've probably all had instances where, you know, you've been working with a buyer and six months go by, and you sort of think, in this market, like, damn, if only they had yep. extended a little bit further on that couple. on that property. There's there. a few that you, hang on, and they all kind of make the same. They're they're they never want to go quite that far yeah, over and asking. Then, and then it's hard to self-reflect and be like, shoot, should I have, you know, encouraged them a bit stronger? Like, you know, no Dude. one knew, no one saw this coming, so it's hard to say, oh, well, I should have known that the market was going to go up 20% and, and told them to write higher. Um, but it is that balance of you, you're trying to explain to them the ramifications potentially of not buying now. Mm-hmm. Like if interest rates go up where they could go up in Q3 and Q4 and prices go up the way we are thinking, you know, the home that you don't want to pay 450 for today could cost you month to month the same as a home that's 400 grand 12 months from now right yeah, like if not more interest yeah. rate, like yeah. so you're trying to constantly balance this you know you don't want to project fear and doom and scare them into making an impulse buy there's the flip side too if, they, if you push them and then the market does slow down by some chance there's always that aspect and you don't want to be the one on that on that where you've kind of given a big push trying to give them all the information because it seems like everything's continued to go one way and then never have any regrets. I always struggle I, with that where I'm like, I feel like we, we're overvalue on this. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. I've sold houses yeah. in the past where I, we've gone overvalue, but the client wanted it so bad. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Like my recommendations here, you're here, but if you want to do it, let's go. And now that, now everyone's like, look, I told you, but at some point. Yeah. But that just goes point. to show why it's so important to literally show them the in behind. Okay. Yeah. Like this is actually what's going on. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat anything. Then they're confident but, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Also, the one thing we can say with confidence, those rates are going up. Yeah. 100%. So even if the market flatlines, you're like, well, gosh, my home didn't go up. You know, after I bought it, my home didn't go up for 36 months. Like, yeah, but you locked in an interest rate 
that's significantly less than what it's going to be 24 yeah. months from now. So there, there are other benefits, and people are so obsessed with the sticker price um, and what they're going relative to the ask that you need to bring in these other things, projections past like where the trend is, but also interest rate. Like would you rather get something now at a low interest rate or get something later that's going to be more expensive and at a higher interest rate? It's hard to come to grips with that, but but that is the reality. And also giving them a push is not going to be any good for how many of these deals end up being flaky. And I feel yeah. like it's like the freaking yeah. the bachelor yeah. and the bachelorette. You're out there dating 12 different houses. You're not that heavily invested in one. Yeah. So then you have buyer's remorse and then your deal's dead. Couple and I runaway find brides it, this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, Everyone shoots their shot too because they're just like, well, it's not perfect, but I'll, I'll put a bit on it because I just need a house and I'm tired of shopping. And, and like, then they, they decide later. You call oh. them and they're like, oh, we got I've gotten it? that. I've gotten a few ones. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, sweet. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh, like, I know. Do we pay too much? Yeah, and that's exactly. the immediate. The second you have an accept, I find that every time I get an accepted offer, they're like, do we overpay? And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not yeah. now. Let's not start backpedaling now that we've gotten to this point. On a little bit of a side that only realtors might find funny, but like I find... Every time someone calls me and we go out, not every time, but often the first house we see is the one. Oh, it's that's the, the one worst, we get in there really? and I'm like, I'm like, this sometimes, house is yeah, it's less often now because there's so few listings. But I found last year it must have happened like five <laughs> or ten times. We get into have nothing it. to compare to. No, and I'm like, yeah. I swear to God, I'm not trying to just sound like a pressuring realtor, but we're like, this house <laughs> is in such good shape and it hits all your targets. I'm like we're gonna look at fifty more houses and it's <laughs> never gonna hit like this one does. And they're yeah. like, okay, we'll go twenty over, and I'm like. We're not getting yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, that's, I just, every time it happens, I'm like, ah, how do I explain this to them without them thinking I'm just trying to and grease them into the And not to bring back to social media, but yeah. in my head, if yeah. you made this good connection with somebody, sometimes they literally say, listen, I'm, I feel good about this I'm in too. full faith with you on this. Yeah. 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 Not even necessarily because it's me, but I think they feel like I'm selling it to them less because they yeah. know I'm not going to bullshit them that way from yeah. watching some of the stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They know they can leave you a one-star review yeah. on your Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ruin my life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, we, we sort of have to start wrapping it up, but I've got another uh, question for you. Um, what sort of, what um, learning avenues do you take personally? Like what do you do to stay motivated um, to better yourself? What are you kind of into in that respect? Oh my gosh, you told me to turn around logos and stuff and here I am about to shout them out. (laughs) You guys probably already know what I'm going to say, but those crazy, crazy 10x growth cons. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Is that Grant Cardone? Yes. And a lot of people don't like Grant, you don't have to, but I've gone to, I think Ben and I have gone to three years in a row now and I'm telling you right now, there's people who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure things out for their company and they just tell it to you. Like they literally you get to be inside their head of millionaires and billionaires that are talking there on that stage. And instead of doing all your research yourself, they'll just tell you all the things. These are the things we're focusing on. This is what my company is doing. This is how we're setting it up. And I find it so much easier for me anyways to take things from other businesses versus real estate businesses. Right. Because then I just feel like I'm copycatting everything. And (laughs) and if I'm taking it from another business, I find a way to relate that to real estate or a real estate company. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about this before, but like, but the biggest thing that I'm interested in from there is just like funnel marketing. And that's another reason why I wanted to have a team, but I feel like I've been so busy with real estate that I haven't had the time to actually put that in place and it needs to be top priority in the future. So that's, that's so you really find, basic. um, 
that uh, mainly beneficial as a business owner, or do you also find there's a personal motivation and a sales, you know, active business um, benefit to it as well? I feel like they're the same for yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> because that's, that's how answer. my brain works. Yeah, I yeah. think I only dive into things, and I can only get into things unless I'm watching like trash TV and totally want to shut my brain off. Yeah, but I only get into things that I'm literally wanting to work on at that time. So I'll do my business planning, like pages and pages and pages at like recap at the end of these conferences. And then just, I mean, my notes in my phone are ridiculous, but that's how, that's how I plan. And that's how I think of things. And that's, I don't really want to be the same as anybody else. And I've tried to make that a thing for my brand. And I think it's too hard to only look at realtors. There's so many other businesses. And that's why I mentioned like multi-level marketing. Like there's so many people in Arbonne and all these things and they're Mm -hmm. blowing up Mm -hmm. from social media and all of these things like have common denominators, which is like social media, advertising, And sales are sales are sales. Like we're all in sales Mm -hmm. regardless of, most professions are sales. Every, every, yeah, every bit of work is almost sales really. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I respect that. I like that a lot. Like just listening to, I, I think I go with that a lot. Like I check a lot of other businesses. That's usually why I'm reading Forbes and all these other things. And I'm reading the stories of how all these other businesses succeeded. Mm-hmm. And my intent's not necessarily to do what those guys did, whether it be like a crypto exchange or uh, some other different medical product or whatever it may be. But, but convert like, it to exactly. what you're working on in your brain. Like what mm-hmm. is the similarity the and techniques. how, yeah, how did, if that's bringing you success and if you set up that system and you dove down that rabbit hole and you yeah. put all your eggs in that basket, why did you do it? And how yeah. can I replicate that yeah. mm-hmm. in my world? And there's, there's one thing to say about mimicking people. But like you said, it's also nice to do things differently. Yeah. And if you can carve out that niche by doing it differently, you have so much more strength. So I also think it's strength. especially relevant in real estate where, um, and this speaks a little bit to the barriers of entry. Yeah. Some people come into it and they do a phenomenal job, but they don't necessarily have some of the background acumen that you maybe gain through other work experience. And so a lot of it, and I speak to this personally, I sort of like figured it out as I went. Same. And if you actually <laughs> I think want to build like a business. All <laughs> I, think there might be, I think there might be business. I think unless yeah. you come from a family, maybe if you come from a family of doing it, I might sure. be able to skip a few of those steps, but in general, like even even those guys, like I see a lot. Of, I have a lot of colleagues that their families in business and they're stepping in to take it over. It's a huge like. But they're thing. doing Whoa. things differently with how things are done today. So even yeah. if their family had a good foundation, I think I don't know. I think of a realtor in New Brunswick. Maybe I'll shout her out, Jessie yeah. Yerksa. But like her her family has been in the industry for a long time. But that yeah. doesn't mean what she's doing. Her parents in the went on business- TikTok. Don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't, and and she kind of did this before with videos before any of that was. So I yep. think she's taking that that foundation and bringing it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. and and there's a lot of people that pine away for years and don't ever truly make it a business and a system because you know they maybe don't look to outside influences to to tighten things up and. Yeah. And then that's maybe only. that's why it makes everybody feel so like fiercely competitive with the person down the hall, and I hate that feeling. Like yeah. it's another yeah, yeah. reason why we're not in a real estate office because I never want any of the girls to feel like that. So I feel like it's it's good to be in that headspace where you can right. grow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I don't know if there's anything on our lovely list that we there didn't is, know. Here. There is. I we have a burning some? question for okay. you because right. I don't understand I how this works. I got to check if I got works. this offer accepted. Hold on. You, do, you ask your question <laughs> and I'm just going to be over here. <laughs> You'll just multitask. You're yeah. used yeah. to this. This is how it works. Yeah. So you have a question on here. Um, where is it? About family and balance. Yeah, I said, how does it impact your ability to operate the other businesses and your family life? That And I was saying, like, kind of before, like, that is my biggest challenge. And I, 
Like, I don't know how you do it, Chandler. Like, I would love to be in the middle of a room. Oh, God. Exactly. Okay, well, I'm kind of I refreshed. I think we should have is. Chandler's wife on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to give us a little inside scoop. But, uh, yeah, go That's ahead, Chandler, because I have no, I don't, I have you no should. family. You should have her on and yeah. do that and talk about home life, because I wonder. She's not a fan of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, she checks it out on occasion. Um, well, I actually... Um, I often would see parents and wonder, I'm like, I don't know how you do the volume that you do. That's how I feel. As, as a parent. Not I, me, I, but I, like I, watching I, other massive producers do this. I'm like, I yeah, don't get it. Yeah. And um, I don't know how someone does, does it with a newborn mm-hmm. because our kids now are school aged and, you know, my wife plays a major role in their lives, obviously, but also, and through that supporting my business, mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know how people did it. And I, I kind of don't know. I do know how I did it. It kind of sucks. And like, there's a lot of sacrifice and there would be times when the market went crazy last year where I would see my kids drop them off to school at eight 40 mm-hmm. and come home after they're in bed. And it's not awesome to be totally frank. Um, and so that's what I'm working on in this year because I felt an obligation to my clients when the market started to turn in 2019, I felt this urgency and I wanted to be there for them through that time. And then there's the clients grew and all the stuff. You kind of couldn't turn it off and I couldn't step back to put the systems in place. Okay, So that's my point about growing wide before you grow up is because I think there's like, I mean, when you're the one actually carrying a baby and you're going to have this baby and you're their source of everything for the first year, at least of their life, I think you have to take that plan and really make it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, in a twisted way, like that motivation, that urgency helped you build something and be better off for it. Mine was kind of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and then the market went insane. And now I find I'm trying to take a step back in order to, to set put the these systems up. in place. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah my mom guilt hard. did not let, like, I would, I don't think that I compromised too much at home because I just put that first, to be quite honest. Like two or, yeah, two nights ago, like I have, a deadline for competing offers and I'm sitting beside his crib trying to put him to bed and like people are getting upset at my phone and I'm thinking like, just relax for mm-hmm. one sec. Or like you can't even mm-hmm. take a drive back from showings unless you were texting and driving mm-hmm. to answer people in time because they're getting so angry. But that's where it plays on oh, me wait, a little wait till, bit. Because wait till they're old enough to guilt you. Because my boys now, they say stuff like, so how come you don't get to take a day off? And right. You know, when will it be that you don't have to work in the nights? And I'm like, you guys know what you're doing. You're they're just turning that screw. I know, no, but you know what? Don't. That no, will kill don't. me. And oh, my... it does kill you a little bit. It kills you a little bit every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's and why in I'm my... dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're like this. Yes, no, I'm That's joking. why I'm like this. <laughs> I think I think it also is listening to you guys because I have nothing to say, obviously, because I don't have kids. Um, but I think we should do an episode on parenting and business. Um, because oh I, think, gosh, I think that would be, be really awesome. Important. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that listen to, I think are in a position of having a family and having kids or a spouse. And I think part of the problem that they face, and we got this a lot as feedback from our Rise Reynolds episode was your partner has to be fully on board with what you're trying to do yeah. or like fully on board, actively a part of the business. Because like you were saying, if you're not involved in the real estate, like yeah. you need to understand that you're probably going to be on your phone at 10 o'clock texting a client about real estate and you're probably going to talk about it for 24 hours a day. Yeah. So they need to be on board for that. And then also dealing with kids. And I have nothing to say on that, but I, I can I can imagine like that's the toughest thing. I always hit the channel. I'm like, I don't know how you do this. Like I have it fortunately because the only person I report to is me. 
right? So like I, if I want to work till 10. I know before I had kids, there was literally nothing you couldn't put on my plate for me to actually max out and say, that's enough. I had yeah. never yeah. said that before. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was like. And now I'm like, yeah. if he's upset and someone's trying to call me at the same time, I'm literally like, I suck at my job. I can't do this anymore. It's like yeah. overwhelming for that little minute that it's happening. But yeah. I mean, anyways, yeah, it's, it's hard. This I guess is one thing easier. I hope we'll do in this industry <laughs> is like start to treat each other with a bit more respect, respect. as agents. Yeah. Respect. Um, Holy moly. Respecting each other's times and what's going on because we have this constant fear that if I don't answer the phone call, Somebody someone else will. Else will yeah. And then I'm dead to that client. Um, and we've normalized all these things and we've even marketed these things like I'm available 24 seven. I'll wake up <laughs> like, at three o'clock you know, in the morning. And it's really unfortunate. <laughs> and like how much better would our lives be if like you couldn't trade real estate on like Saturday? That'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Because that's like saying to all, that's like saying to all the buyers, everyone listen, nobody go over asking, let's change this market back. Cause we're all going to be on the same page. Yeah. That would be the same Can thing. Can we start a petition for that? Maybe not Saturdays because everybody's also off work. But like if we get like Tuesdays or something. <laughs> Just, yeah, throw us There's a Tuesday. There's always going to be the people who no, are like, I still want it. Holy oh, Tuesday. Man. Can you imagine how lit Margarita Monday would be if all realtors <laughs> in the city did not have to work Tuesday? <laughs> it would be out of control. Okay, yeah. I'm starting that one. Um, the target convoy can get eight million dollars. We can get something going here. Oh my gosh! Here. You got, you <laughs> okay, go ahead and throw, throw that, that in there. In. Yeah, exactly. No. All right, we should probably wrap it up. This one was last a, thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go. The question we ask every guest: What does success mean to you? And I think we kind of talked about what your objectives are and what you're trying to do. But I think you can still, if you were to summarize that, what does success mean to you? What are you trying to achieve with gaining success? Um, this year, it's a lot less about numbers, and it's a lot more about putting. Like passive income. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's more of a goal. That'd be good. Yeah. What does success mean? When you think me? in your head, like when you're like, I, this, I will feel truly successful when I'm at this point. And I don't mean that you don't probably feel truly successful right now, but obviously, if you're continuing to work at this level, then you're still trying to attain. Um, when I can have my balance back and make decisions for my personal life without feeling it's going to impact my business. When I get to the point where I can bring a business where it's actually running. Yeah whether I'm there or not there is when I feel like the growth is maintained true. without you having to be physically present all of the all time. All the time. Yeah. 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 When my schedule doesn't have to be day in and day out and it can kind of just be when I want it. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. And I think that's what honestly is. It's funny. Everyone that we've had on, that's kind of their objective. Everyone that comes are like, <laughs> I am working this hard now, so I don't have to work this hard later. Yeah. And I think in general, when you go into business, I think that's the objective for the for most people is to try and establish something that can pay dividends for you in the future uh, with dollars, wealth, and a fulfillment level as well. Like I think there's something to be said. I think you, I'm sure you feel that now where you have the team. It, it feels really good to have things taking place without your direct involvement and things take place well and grow mm-hmm. and you get the referrals and you get all the business growth and you're not necessarily directly in there. I, I know I can say that like when I did my first deal through another agent that I'd passed the referral down to, and I saw the check hit the bank account, wasn't very much money, but it was more the idea of like, I didn't actually know what that address and everything went well. And the client texted me and said they were happy. And I was like, that was an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so that was, that was good. And it, and it allowed me to have some more free time, uh, well, for me to spend at home by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Self-care. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some self-care. But no, okay. that's great. Thanks well, so much for coming in. Yes. I, I feel, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. I've never talked to you this long at any time and <laughs> no, we've known each other for in years. Our life. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we can all yell at each You're other welcome. during deals. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Chelsea. Yeah. Thank you so Everyone, much. Everyone, thanks for guys. listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a rating and send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Master Keys Podcast. See you next week. When, 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 when I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.